Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Handle with Care podcast with your hosts, Kara Beth and Maylene Diamond. Today, we are joined with a very special guest and a very special friend, Rachel. Um, oh, shiz. <laughs> Leave that in there. <laughs> oh, we're just going to keep rolling. Sorry. I just honestly I had a brain fart and didn't know what I was saying after that. But um, we've been talking. <laughs> We already tried to record this episode, and we had a technical difficulty, so I'm starting to fade. <laughs> it's going to get good, folks. But, okay, so no, but we are we are joined with a very special friend, Rachel. Um, Rachel, do you want to introduce just blanket statement a little bit about who you are and sure. what you do? Okay. Um, I am predominantly a graphic designer here in Tulsa, um, but I have a couple of, like, side jobs that I do. I... Um, uh, yeah, it, I'm a little bit all over the place, but um, today what I'm going to be talking about with you girls is nothing to do with my career. It's something that I'm really passionate about because of life experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm excited to talk about just like neuroscience mm-hmm. and frequencies and mind-body health and just like everything because I'm a total nerd. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Rachel is... First of all, you're one of the wisest people I know. Oh gosh, thanks. we will. Well, you are. May and I were talking earlier, and I was like, I feel like you can just pull out resources, just like casual. Oh, yeah, I read it from that book. Yeah, <laughs> you're just good at pulling from different resources, and you're good at educating other people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're also good at. I had a tickle in my throat. Oh, this is just going down. Do you want this together. is real life, folks. You are you are welcomed into our real life. Dude, I need to pull it together. Okay, um, what was I saying? She's good at pulling resources. Oh, I was going to say, you're good at breaking things down for people to understand. Oh, like, you. when we have conversations about neuroscience and different things, if I were to read it, I would be like, I have no idea what that just said. Mm-hmm. But you're good at educating people on that stuff. Thank so you. I'm excited. I'm a total nerd about it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So I'm what, super excited. What got you, well, people want to know. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't you? Dare. What do people want? Um, <laughs> do they? <laughs> Can you hear my eyes rolling? <laughs> Rachel, Maylene, are you single? <laughs> yes. Oh, I okay, am. cool. Uh, that's all they wanted to know. Okay. <laughs> What's the? What is the best slash worst pickup line you've ever received? Um, <laughs> I had. Well, aside from Christian pickup lines, which are always gold, um, I had two really good ones in the last month where I was on Hinge or Bumble, I think it was Hinge, and one guy said, didn't I just see you on Spotify? And I'm reading it like in real time, and I was like, how is he supposed to, how is he seeing me on Spotify? But then I kept reading, he goes, on the hottest singles list, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh that's, my gosh. that's funny. And then the other one, he said... Didn't I see you at the vending machine because you're a snack? <laughs> I was you're like, a snack. That's actually wow. a really good one. Yeah, so those I'm are both pretty it. good. I'm going to use that on my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like I would rather someone, like, tell me an outrageous pickup line like that, like, intentionally yeah. trying to just, like, joke around and be funny. Like, he's not really meaning it to be serious. No, mm-hmm. It breaks the ice and, yeah. like, got me laughing. But yeah. Christian pickup well, lines are kind of the worst. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. You can find Rachel on Hinge and. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, what? This is what we're doing. I'm so sorry. Okay, not the point okay. of the podcast. Um, 
Rachel, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about neuroscience today. Yes. What got you so interested in just the whole idea of it? Okay. Um, honestly, it was I had a health scare in like 2014, and four of my major organs um, were having massive issues. And I didn't realize it until like it got really serious. And what was kind of humiliating about it was it all happened because I was out of rhythm, out of balance. I wasn't caring for myself. I thought I was, but I, from like age 16 to 26, I kind of classic young person, like thought I was invincible, but I was sleeping um, three to five hours a night regularly. I developed, I developed a bit of insomnia. Um, I had this zest, I still do have this zest for life of just wanting to know so much about stuff. So I would get up at four in the morning and until 5.30 in the morning, I would work on a, um, like a hobby that I wanted to get better about. Are you serious? I'm very serious. Like four in the morning. This is what I'm saying when I say I'm a nerd. I had filled up my day so much that I didn't have time to learn extra hobbies. So I was like, oh, I do great with little sleep which is not true, I found out through the doctor, through the whole health scare thing, that there's a percentage of people that um, stress does not hit your your emotions, it hits your organs. You get no warning signs from like burnout or exhaustion or anxiety or stress. Some people, it just hits their organs. Hmm. And I guess I'm one of those people because I thought, well, if I was stressed or my cortisol boosted or I was having issues, wouldn't I have gotten clues and... Wait, so you didn't feel, like, exhausted in you the You know, day? I really didn't. I oh, okay. I wasn't okay. taking I naps. I wasn't, I really, um, I wasn't drinking a ton of coffee. I mean, I still hmm. drank coffee, but I didn't have energy supplements regularly, you know, to keep myself going. I wasn't doing energy drinks. I was a marathon runner. Um, I was a triathlete. So I kept myself pretty healthy with nutrition and activity. But I just, like, everything was out of rhythm. Like, I didn't know how to say no, and I didn't want to say no to things. So I would pull an all-nighter of work so that I could then go help my friend the next day. Like, everything was out of rhythm. But it wasn't... Um, I served at my church every weekend, which is a wonderful thing, but because I ran my own business, I didn't have a true day off for years. I didn't prioritize that. So I just kept pushing, 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 and it took a toll on my body. So through that, I started getting educated on naturopathic doctors, and one of my doctors um, is licensed as as an actual MD but treats naturopathically. If you have, I hate to say the time to do it, because it does take longer. Um, uh, Western medicine obviously can heal things faster because Mm -hmm. they have chemicals to heal it, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to go the natural route. So he did a bunch of testing and we talked through everything. And a lot of naturopaths have a Chinese map of the body. And basically um, our bodies are electrical highways and every emotion can kind of deposit into different organs if it's not processed healthily. Now these are just the negative emotions, it's not necessarily the um, positive emotions because those flow easily within our body. But if we don't process things like grief, um, I hate to say like hatred, um, unforgiveness, mm-hmm. um, anxiety, those can all, they all have like their natural little exits off the highway and deposit and get stuck in one major organ. Mm-hmm. And so they have the Chinese map of the body, which 
every organ has like one of four emotions that can deposit there. So a lot of the treatment plans um, would be talking through everything if you wanted to go the medical route or the naturopathic route, and then they bring in whole body healing of like mind body, where they have you look at this and through all the testing they can see um, your liver, gallbladder, adrenals, kidneys are going down. Now look at this Chinese map of the body and see if any of the emotions jump off at you. And honestly, a couple of them did. Like you just kind of know and your body is almost looking for a way to get healthy. So it does leap off the page where you're kind of like, yeah, I am dealing with that. That's something I need to address. Um, So it really does. Like it's all supposed to tie together. Yeah. So whenever you're explaining that, okay, this is how I imagine it going. So someone could like pinpoint like a pain in your body and then know if you're dealing with like grief or anxiety or something is that what you're saying basically yeah so we did testing we did like blood testing urine testing um blood pressure testing reflex testing all of that because he's a licensed md who treats naturally and so he had the charts showing what my levels were and how bad they were on the four major organs and then we were able to treat things naturopathically like Am I deficient in certain trace minerals that would boost it? Is that why the brain fog is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the if you look at like the four major organs that were having issues, then looking at that on the Chinese map of the body, and he's not going to, the doctor wouldn't be able to tell me like, oh, these are your emotions that you're struggling with, but I would know. Like they mm-hmm. would kind of like, they'd leap off the page Gosh. at you, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. So once you figured out what it was, mm-hmm. well, first of all, how did you find out what emotion you're dealing with? Was it just stress or? Uh, I mean, stress, y- yes, but I mean, the doctor, it, it is so weird because I didn't feel stress like other people mm-hmm. feel stress. Like, I hate to say that, like, obviously I'm human and I did feel stress at certain times. I was working trade shows. I had 60 hour work weeks. I was traveling three to four months out of the year to help with trade shows. Um, I was, I loved my life. I was so busy and so full and so fulfilling. But um, I didn't, I thought they were adrenaline highs. Mm -hmm. There was no negative attachment to the stress in Mm -hmm. a sense. Um, It wasn't like I was sitting there just completely overwhelmed and like, out of my mind exhausted I was like I had energy all day every day most of the time Mm -hmm. until towards the end I was falling asleep and I had massive brain fog and I like would find myself just zoning out all the time which was not like me and I had massive I had weight gain specifically in like my lower stomach like my body would not digest food um it was the organ was breaking down and it couldn't produce enough acid to break down the food. So it was just sitting and rotting in my stomach. <laughs> it was oh bad and th- it was horrible. And then on top of that, um, I was just exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I would get to bed early and I would wake up late. It's like sluggish. Yes. Yeah. So sluggish. Um, I would forget what I was saying in the middle of a conversation and it really scared me cause I was like, this is not me. I had massive mm-hmm. pain bouts out of nowhere. Um, that would just happen. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was trying to track it by what I ate, by like what my rhythm was, yeah. what like what my schedule was, was it work related? Like, and it just nothing over months, like nothing could I pinpoint. Mm-hmm. And basically when I asked the doctor about the pain burst, that would just feel like it was like this really sharp pain and what he in my stomach almost on the side. 
And what he said was, that's basically your liver giving up, like, these little flare signals of saying, I need help ASAP, Mm -hmm. otherwise I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just breaking down. It was on its kind of last little bit of before it would need severe attention. So, yeah. But then um, you were asking about, like, the emotions, how to pinpoint the emotions. Honestly, it was like... But for you, it just seemed like it was more physical. More physical. You felt the the physical impact. Yes. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. There was a couple of the emotions that jumped off the, like, the Chinese map of the body at me where I was like, oh, I can kind of tell that I deal with that, you Mm -hmm. know, like maybe some unforgiveness. It's like the darker side of your personality you never really talk about. Mm -hmm. And um, I was 26 at the time and had gone through a couple, you know, like by that point you go through a couple of life traumas and... I hadn't processed it healthily. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of a good wake-up call really early on in my life. Of It set me down in a course of something I'm really nerdy about and still learning so much about. I'm not an authority, but I geek out on this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's been a really fun journey for me and really healthy for me um, and brought health to other areas of my life because of this. But, yeah. I'm kind of curious... I know we've talked like in our own conversations a little bit about it, but I'm curious on how you, how you're, like what boundaries did you have to put in place to make, like that sounds like a really drastic change, obviously yeah. from like well, the life you that you were saying, living. You were saying you, were, you couldn't say no. Yeah, and the yes. life you, like yeah. I know you now, I know the life you lead now, yeah. and so I I can imagine it just because I deal with similar things or I have dealt so it's been easy to talk to you because you're like oh like I was there (laughs) exactly where you were oh yeah but like seeing you now and before like how did that affect you mentally how did that affect you spiritually like what did you have to set in place to be like okay now that I had this wake-up call like what did you where did you start um I I started I started with getting accountability and basically going to um two of my brothers and my their, their wives, my sister-in-laws, um, and then going to four of my best friends, another two couples. And those two couples I served with, um, the husband of one couple and the wife of another couple in our church worship band. We were together all the time, like those four couples and then my two brothers and my sister-in-laws. And I just had to go to them and like tell them everything I was dealing with and basically say like I need to – get X amount of hours of sleep. I need to do this, this, and this. I need to have better boundaries of saying no. So at any given point, I would have been around one of those sets of couples. Okay. So I had to go to them and say, this is what's going on, so I couldn't BS them. And one of my friends, um, I don't even know if he remembers this, but I had said, if I'm out socially with all of you, I want you to... Um, I want you to send me home by 10 p.m. because I need to be in bed. I have to be in bed by 10.30. And I um, like to do all the supplements and everything. My body wasn't fully producing melatonin, so it took me a while to fall asleep. So it was just exhausting. Like, But I asked my friend to publicly send me home. Because it's the, Probably. it was, it's, like hey, it's yeah, well, because I could kind of like BS my way through it or be like, oh no, I took a nap today or, oh, you know, it's totally fine. I got my work done. I'm like, I'm not working. And he did like, because I asked him to, he was like literally, and not in a humiliating way, but no, I yeah. kind of mm-hmm. fought him on it. 
And he was like, you asked me to do this. We need you healthy. Go home and go to bed. And Gosh, other people. That's pe- a good friend. Yes, it is a good friend. And so, um, but other boundaries, I built in a Sabbath, which I'm still not perfect on, but I built in a Sabbath where I cannot do any work. My brother Jesse like walked through that with me and like kind of challenged me on how I viewed the Sabbath. Um, Cause before it was kind of a catch up day and that's not the point of a Sabbath. It's yeah. to go into neutral and fully recharge so you can be more productive the other six days. But I'm a Christian. It's supposed to be your day to reconnect with God fully outside of church. Church should be, um, it's a huge staple in my life, but it is not the crux of my relationship with God. My relationship with God is like my daily, you know, um, walk with God, but very specifically the Sabbath. And so my Sabbath looks like just true rest and just things are going to recharge, um, being outside, going for moped rides, reading, playing my piano, um, not doing dishes. I can't clean. Those put me in work mode. Mm -hmm. Um, it's different for everybody too. Um, but then what else? Oh, I put in better boundaries. I realized there was a lot of identity stuff. I... I wanted to be the person that people invited into their lives. Um, I wanted to be invited. I wanted to be the person to help them. And so I was. I was that for a lot of people. And it got to be too much. No one had eyes on me 24-7 to see. I was giving, giving, giving. And it wasn't out of overflow. Mm -hmm. So now my rhythm is to give out of overflow. That's obviously the best rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, If I am giving while my, this sounds so cliche, but if I'm giving when my cup is empty and I'm not caring for myself, no one gets the best version of me. So I actually, um, had to step away from serving at the church every weekend. I talked to the band director and was like, I need one weekend off every month. And they were great with that. I was the one who was like, I can serve every weekend. Like I was filling in the space. So I asked them to hold me accountable and there would be times where I was like, Oh, I can serve all of this month and then take two break weeks off next month and he was like you're not gonna do that he was like you're addicted to being here so get over it like he's like it was like an identity thing you know Mm -hmm. so I had to address deeper roots in myself that were kind of the darker side of me of the needing people's attention or affirmation or Mm -hmm. wanting to be seen as a good person you know like it was it wasn't workspace but it was very much like affirmation based I just I'm a words of affirmation girl so Mm -hmm. I was seeking that out and it got unhealthy (laughs) (laughs) yeah so when you're talking about like giving out of overflow and giving out of like having lack or whatever how do you like today if someone were to ask you for a favor how do you do you like go through three questions in your head or something where you can be like okay is this a good like is this a good yes for me to make or is this a yes I'm saying from a lack you know I don't even go through that anymore I think I did for a while to check in about what my motive was if I was wanting a deeper relation with that person relationship with that person and if me saying yes would deepen that relationship my friends love me for me like Mm -hmm. they don't love me for what I do for them but it's human nature that our core desire for love can turn into a weakness and subconsciously we can turn it into something we're seeking that we need to get elsewhere. I should be getting my affirmation through my relationship with God and my healthy rhythm with myself. So now I don't because I spent so long working on that, but mostly I just check in with myself just 
quietly, you know, like not, it's nonverbal, but it's just kind of like, is this out of overflow? Mm-hmm. Like, do I have enough capacity? I'm just a big, like my main verbiage is like my capacity in my week. And I'll just be honest with my friends. Like, I don't have capacity this week. I'm really sorry, but you know, I love you. What If they're asking to hang out or for me to help them. That's my verbiage, if, if I have capacity or not. Mm-hmm. And they know I love them no matter what. So if my identity is um, that my relationships are safe, I'm not like clamoring to go help people out of this need for them to think that I'm a good friend. Mm-hmm. You know, 21-year-old Rachel was just like, I'd moved to Tulsa from Wisconsin. Um, I didn't have like thriving relations. I had good friendships, but not thriving relationships in Wisconsin. So I think I was so starved for people in my same season mm-hmm. that I just dove in so deep. Yeah. And it felt good to be kind of the person that everyone turned to. And I was single. A lot of my friends were getting married. And so their needs were different. Like if they were traveling, they needed someone to watch their house or mm-hmm. whatever. I loved doing that, but I overcommitted a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I have, I had to have accountability. <laughs> yeah. And in that season, you, you dove into the study of like neuroscience. Yes. And my question is, is now that you've like went through this entire process of healing, mm-hmm. what made you so interested like in specifically the neuroscience? Okay. It is very, it's a very popular subject yeah. now. But I started diving into it three or four years ago when it was a little bit harder to find, Uh like, content on or books or whatever. You just kind of had to, like, know what authors to search for. Mm -hmm. Everything's way more accessible now. Like, TED Talks, YouTube, which is amazing. Like, it's such good information. But through the the healing journey and kind of getting to know myself more, I was so intrigued by the neuropath... Yeah, neuropathic, but from the naturopathic way Mm -hmm. because they started talking about electromagnetism. Um, Okay, electromagnetism is... That's a big word. Yeah, (laughs) it it basically going through... I should start over. um, Naturopathic doctors talk about your body being an electromagnetic field. Mm -hmm. And so when I would have follow-up appointments with the doctors, I was just like, what are they talking about? That doesn't even make sense. Like the Chinese map of the body, like... How you're, you like, I understand that your body it, it produces electricity in its own way, but I didn't understand how emotions could drop off and get stuck in organs. It just didn't make sense to me because I'm like, emotions are just thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, they're chemical reactions. Literal chemical reactions that they are neurons that vibrate. So the term good vibrations is actually true. Good vibes only? Yes, good Send vibes only. Good vibes. It literally is. So Here's my electromagnetic <laughs> It literally you. is. Like um th- this is such an interesting fact that I heard this week and I think I've probably heard it before but it mm-hmm. struck me this week. The heart can produce an electromagnetic field that someone 3 feet away can feel. And your body reads electromagnetic fields whether you realize it or not your gut feel about other people is because they are operating at a different vibration drastically different than you so if you're in a party and you don't you've never met someone you haven't talked to them like anything like that but you get a good a good vibe or a weird vibe off of them that's because they are operating at a slower or faster pace than you so if it's um, the lowest of the megahertz of like emotions would be shame, 
apathy, guilt. Those are like in the 20 to 50 megahertz range. The highest, and I'm not trying to go all Christianese, but the highest is literally the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, gratitude, like thankfulness, gratitude. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, yes. faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <laughs> I so, that. Yeah. It's, there's, a, there's a song. It's, it's so interesting to me because it is so popular to talk about neuroscience, and I think that's beautiful. Um, me being a Christian, it should always point us back to God. Mm-hmm. God is a total science nerd. He created it. Now, a lot of people they talk about your source or the universe. It's all the same thing. So I, I love listening to people with different views than me because we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't still a lot to get from it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to agree with what you're saying about like the source or the universe or whatever, because I attribute that as God mm-hmm. and we can agree on the basis of stuff and learn from each other and grow in like relationship and challenge each other without having like this fundamental disagreement of, well, we're coming from two different faith points, I can't talk to you. I think that's so close-minded and I don't like that. But um, it's so interesting if you look at the megahertz like chart, um, the scientist who came up with it attributes the highest level, and I wanna say it's like 700 megahertz or something. That's considered like you're producing a lot of gamma um, all of the brain waves are talked about in Greek terms. Mm-hmm. So you start you start with theta, you go to alpha, um, then you go to theta, and theta is where the heart and the brain talk very open mindedly, and you're in the highest sense of creation, dreaming, but you're still producing stuff. It's not a daydream mindset. It's mm-hmm. a you're getting all of your best ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, And then there is like the highest, which is considered enlightenment, love, joy, peace, gratitude is all just below that, Mm -hmm. which is super interesting to me. So, um, yeah, I think it's super cool how God and science blend together because that's how it always was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. There's so much, (laughs) there's so much education out there where there's other things about some of my favorite presenters that I disagree with. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I need to negate everything they're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be so close-minded. And I yeah. learn so much from all of these people. And I think it's healthy to have different viewpoints, you know, getting education from other places, whether that means I'm figuring out why I agree or disagree mm-hmm. from other people or in my relationships. It has strengthened me so much. Some of my closest relationships have been people who I think differently than Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes me think about why why I believe the way I believe about anything. Mm-hmm. My health, my faith, my lifestyle, uh, it, literally anything. And um, it makes me not be a yes person. It makes me stick up for why I believe. But also, like, coming from a Christian standpoint, it has solidified what my faith is to me and not taking other people's faith. Yeah, I didn't go through necessarily a faith crisis um, because I had these slow conversations since I was 21 with people in the church that I differed on. And it was really healthy for me because we agreed to disagree very, very amiably. And it made me stronger in why I believe what I believe, but in a healthy way of like hearing out where they're coming from 
and loving the relationship first. And they're some of my best friends. Yeah. You know? And again, some of my other best friends are people who don't go to the church, who are not affiliated with Christian faith at all. Yeah. And we have some of the deepest conversations. But we are very honest where I'll say, well, what you're attributing as the universe I see is God. And we do not bicker. We disagree to disagree and have the deepest conversations. And I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So That's really good. I do oh. have a – so you have a huge – focus and this is like something that you live by and it's gratitude and you talk about it all the time and you love and I (laughs) yeah so a lot of people are like okay yeah it's good to be grateful but like yeah it can come off very cheesy Mm -hmm. or very like if you don't understand the scientific effect yeah tell us okay so yeah I want to know that because I'm the first person to be like it sounds so cheesy. She's just a little walking Hallmark card who's like not realist. I've been accused of being like too positive and I am a very optimistic person, but I'm still a realist. Mm-hmm. So I know we've talked about this a little bit. Wait, so Wait, can I ask a question really, really yeah. quickly? Okay, I heard someone talking about this. Well, I heard um, these friends talking about it the other day, talking about toxic uh, positivity. Yes. Do you, do you think that's a thing? Yes. I think it is naivety <laughs> that... You're, it's a different form of wanting affirmation and you highlight on positivity or you keep your head buried in the sand. I definitely think there is toxic positivity. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is my opinion. It's not... I agree. Yeah, okay. I totally okay. agree. No, okay. I, I heard it and I was like, oh, like that's, I guess, what you would call it. I guess I just would have called it something. I don't know. Yeah, what it's else people who can't... It, but... And I will say, when I was younger, I could have... I could have trended to that. I really could have. That's why I'm so um, steadfast about it now because I see things where I came off as that way. I came off as naive. I came off as my head in the sand. I came off as um, if it's taken to a certain level, it's almost bypassing the actual realism of what's happening. So case in point, a week and a half ago, I had a tire blowout. I've never had one of those. I've changed several flat tires over the course of driving, but I was driving my sister-in-law and my brother, who are like two of my favorite people. Um, I was driving them to the airport. My tire blew out in three different spots. and On the way to the airport? Yes. Ooh. And it was, it honestly was horrifying because um, we were in the left lane of a busy highway and we were passing a left exit. So there's a triangle where we could pull over mm-hmm. that separates the highway from the left exit. And Allie and I heard the tire noise, and I started slowing down immediately. There were so many miracles about it. I should have lost control of the car. It should have created damage to the car or the axle. Like, we could, oh, have, yeah. been, we could have been severely hurt. There's not a scratch on my car. Yeah. Wow. My car acted like it was a flat, and, mm-hmm. like, thankfully yeah. I was already slowing down. We all hopped out. Jared just was like, I'm going to be your Ferrari F1 pit crew. Like, let's go. He's in, his, he's in like his nice jeans and like his super cool sneakers. And he was like, you've changed enough flat tires. Let me handle it. Oh, so so I knew where all my tools were. We like got it done so fast on a busy highway, but we almost got hit. Like probably, I would say three times, Allie was the one watching traffic. So it was so stressful for her. She's watching her sister-in-law and her husband almost get hit because we're trying to ch- I'm standing there helping him but yeah. he's changing the tire so toxic positivity would be like oh man it was so fine everything worked out and I was like no I was scared out of my mind yeah 
But yeah. we were able to keep our wits about us. Mm-hmm. We we really did. Like no one was snapping at each other. We were communicating well, but very mm-hmm. qu- like very pointedly. Like no one's just like shooting the breeze while we're all stressed. <laughs> but there was a couple of like scary things like I had just had my tires rotated. I couldn't find my tire key from the mechanic shop. It had rolled way back in my glove compartment. Normally, I try and keep pretty good tabs on that stuff. So um, there was some pretty scary stuff that happened. On top of that, we put my spare on. And because I haven't had a flat tire in six or eight years, I haven't been airing up my spare tire. Normally, I would try and do that annually mm-hmm. well no I haven't and it was dangerously low so even getting the spare on there it was so stressful we were basically limping to the airport so we were able to acknowledge all the good and the protection that we had and all of like the amazing things and like step into gratitude but also process the realistic of the stress the strain the fear like our stomachs were in knots. It was not fun. Like yeah. it wasn't just like an easy breezy Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but old Rachel at like early 20s totally could have been toxic positivity of like, well, it was just another day and totally fine. Like almost wanting it to seem like I had things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a horrible place to be because you're not acknowledging negative emotions. That's when they can get lodged in your organs. Yeah. Okay. So over positivity can also still cause negative emotions to get lodged because you're not processing them. Um, I will say catastrophizing a situation in neuroscience depletes your energy and holds you in a toxic place. Bad vibes. Yes, literally. That makes sense. But when you are thinking, so I'm going to get a little deep here, but when you are rehearsing the past or catastrophizing the future, you are hardwiring your brain. Your emotions are going off. Your cortisol levels are going up. Your body is preparing for action. And your brain is hardwiring. It's called the, it's firing circuits and hardwiring your neuropathways. So you can reprogram that. Your brain is like a computer software program. So you can deprogram and reprogram. But it the more you rehearse things, the more you rehearse bad situations, unforgiveness towards yourself, unforgiveness towards other people, grief, um, frustration, even down to just irritation that someone got your coffee wrong. Those are negative emotions. Those are hardwiring attitudes. And if you are doing it consistently, it is a habit and can stay in your brain to where it's easier. It's muscle memory for you to go do that. So Um, to reprogram that is so easy. It's the same way as like when you start working out more, you naturally want to eat healthier. It's just a natural thing. Like you look at something junk food and you're like, I worked out so hard today. I don't really want to put that in my body or my cravings are different or um, I, you know. We just talked about this. Did you really? (laughs) That's so funny. Um, So it's a natural side effect. Yeah. Your brain's a muscle. Your body is chemical. The more times you do it, the more reps you get in, the easier it becomes. So um, it doesn't even take 21 days to reprogram your genes or your neuropathways, depending on how long you have spent. Now, if you've spent Mm -hmm. 10 years doing something, self-hatred, unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. um, just negativity in general, Mm -hmm. it will take longer. 
but it's so possible. It's just a muscle and it's just a reprogramming and you become more aware like the way that you see junk food after you start working out more and you've made a decision and you've committed to it. You see junk food and it's a visual cue to you of, I don't want to do that because I just worked out today and I say I'm guarding my body and my health. That's not really going to do anything for me or it might make me feel like crap. It's the same way when you're engaging a negative emotion and you're trying to reprogram your neural pathways, it actually is a visual cue and a neurological cue of you going, I don't want to align with that anymore. Mm -hmm. That's really important to me. I'm going to reprogram and that's when you bring in gratitude so people think that your gratitude practice should just be listing out your five favorite things or whatever that is helpful if that's all you can do great if that's all you can do to shift your mind from negative thoughts great start where you can gratitude practice should be it's the uh, this is going to sound so geeky but it is the ultimate state of receivership when I'm saying thank you to May for doing something for me, it's because she's done something for me. My hands are open saying thank you for doing that for me. It's the ultimate state of receivership. So it is, everything is operating at a really high vibration and God designed it that way to be in community with each other, to receive from other people, not to be, you know, a one-man island. And the true practice of gratitude should be getting specific and sitting that sitting in that emotion. So it would be if I was to sit here and, and not just say, oh, I'm thankful we have sunshine today. Sit here and be like, I am so thankful that we had sunshine today because the sun on my skin makes me feel warm. I am a better person when I get vitamin D. And you're sitting in it and your brain is igniting because you are in that moment, whether I'm inside or outside. You're acknowledging why you love those things and it's it's solidifying in your heart, in your spirit, and your brain starts operating at a higher frequency. Your body starts operating at a higher frequency and when your body operates at a higher frequency, it is actually healing to your body. Same thing is mm-hmm. same thing as laughter. Yeah. The whole the scripture laughter, um, what is the scripture? Not joy joy heals the spirit or joy heals a broken heart. I don't remember. The other one is, um, I wrote these down. Um, There's like three scriptures specifically where I'm like, even if people are not Christian, like you cannot, you cannot fight that God and science like pair up together. But in Proverbs, it talks about as a man thinks, so is he. Mm -hmm. Like literally you act out what you think. You see things negatively if you're catastrophizing things or you see things positively and with opportunity when you're operating in the higher vibration frequencies. So it literally all does point back to the Bible, points back to our creator, whether you acknowledge it or not. I don't mm-hmm. care if people do. That's how I operate. Yeah. And that is the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of that. Um, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. What I speak, when my brain hears my own voice and, and cherry on top, if I'm reading my own handwriting and speaking it out loud with my voice. It creates this whole spirit soul body connection and your, your neural pathways act out as if it's already happened because your brain cannot decipher whether a thought or what you're speaking over yourself is happening or it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it starts turning the rudder of a ship basically to what you're speaking over your life. So if you're speaking wow. affirmations over yourself, 
and you're sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going on a bunch of rabbit trails here, but when no, you okay. when you speak affirmations and you're sitting in stress, it will not it will disconnect your heart from your brain. So it doesn't have the impact as if you were to sit there and speak the affirmations and sit in the emotion of what that affirmation would do to you. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So if it was like, I want to be more confident or I'm a good public speaker or I am successful in everything I do or I'm going to find love or I'm gonna, my body is going to be healed, if you're not feeling the impact of what that statement would do fully fulfilled, it loses its impact on your body. And there's an actual disconnect from your brain to your heart. Now, again, if that's all you can do is just speak positive affirmations, start where you're at. But the true benefit of it is when you sit with the emotions of it as if it's already completed, which again is a scripture where it says whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them, which is gratitude and envisioning that you actually already have them. Mm -hmm. And when you sit with them and believe that you have received it, then God says, then you will have them. Yeah. That's so so it's a biblical principle. Really so what do you do? Okay, so you're you have all these thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're just everywhere in your brain and they're you're scattered. Yes. Your thoughts are just scattered. What do you do to and you're like in a downward spiral basically. Yes. You're just negative thought to neck like it jumps from negative to negative to before. negative. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do to get back on the right track? Um my friend talked about this um, from one of the books we were reading um, at, as like personal development. And it was so simple, but so good. She said, um, we feel like emotions control us or our thoughts control us. Mm-hmm. And we're on a downward spiral and we cannot get off. We see it as a slide that we cannot get off of. It's actually just a horse running in the opposite direction. And there's so many other horses running in the right direction. If you just visualize yourself or switching trains or whatever it is. Now, if it's like someone dealing with anxiety, because these are all very real things. I'm not trying to poo-poo it and just like, oh, just say something positive because that is toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's bypassing, bypassing physical ramifications on your body because of actual anxiety and stress. And life is so freaking hard. Mm-hmm. Like we, we literally live crisis to crisis once we get past a certain age. I thought my life would kind of mellow out in like my mid twenties. And it's literally just crisis to crisis. Like every six weeks, something horrific happens. And I'm not saying that as like a dramatic thing, but people, you know, and love pass away. People, you know, and love get in a car accident. Uh, Some of my dearest friends have gone through miscarriages and almost died. It's heartbreaking. Like our, our world is broken and our lives are tough. And people also with mental health now, um, anxiety is a huge thing so when when I'm in a downward spiral and I'm just I can't get a freaking grip mm-hmm. I change my breathing and that sounds so simple but it actually is controlling your heart rate your cortisol levels your body's prepping for action your brain processes fear and excitement the exact same way it preps. I just exercised this like a long, like a Did couple you? weeks ago. Yeah. Well, it was, it was when I started personal training and I was so nervous to go. Cause I have like, yes. I, well, I don't have it right now, but I had really bad gym anxiety yes. and I oh, told, that's so real. yeah. And so I think it was like my second or third session, but it was my previous ones were early in the morning and the gym was like pretty yep. much empty. And then mm-hmm. this one was at like six 30. So everyone was getting off work and going to the gym. And I was telling May like an hour, like she was at, we were, she was at work. 
and it was like an hour before I was on my way and I don't know why I just felt so anxious and I was like I just don't want to go like (laughs) I don't want everyone looking at me like just all this like intimidating yeah it was just like all these thoughts and I was just like I just don't want to go like I was dragging my feet to go and literally on the way there I texted May and I was like I am deciding that I am excited and that my anxiousness I'm just really excited Okay. I literally, and it worked. I literally this, went. That is I, neuroscience, baby. <laughs> literally. I am. I'm so proud because <laughs> your brain, like I said, it cannot decipher thoughts or actual happenings, and it cannot decipher between fear and excitement. And so the things to do is to break the circuit. So by your breath, by your movement, or by smiling. So if you can smile, if you can go for a walk, if you can change your breath, um, the military does a lot of box breathing, which is breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. That's and it literally remember. is just changing your um, your heart rate and calming it down and reconnecting it in every mm-hmm. level. So that's one thing I do when I'm in a downward spiral. Or if it's something like that where I'm having anxiety from a very specific thing that can be pinpointed. Mm-hmm. My spiral the other day was something that just came out of nowhere, couldn't be pinpointed. I felt overwhelmed. I was extremely scattered, so I had to I had to change it by breathing and stretching. Other times, it's from a very specific thing, like what you're talking about, yeah. gym anxiety so or like something. Yoga. You, yeah, you can, like yoga. Yeah, yep, I do that. Um, but everyone is different, so that's mm-hmm. what works for me. The breathing is a big thing that will help everyone. Um, yoga is something that calms me down and helps me recenter and and get rid of monkey mind, which is like super scattered, which I have all the freaking time. Um, but the gym anxiety where it's like I am am scared or having anxiety about this place or this person or this event. Um, it's what it you literally have to verbalize to where your ears can hear it and reprogram it. And you did it. And well, you texted me too. Well, okay, yes. so I was going to say, just to finish that thought, I, um, and I've been practicing this since then because I was like, this is really cool and it worked. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe we had just talked about it. Maybe that's why I did it. I don't know what made me think to do it. But in the moment, I was like driving my car listening to music and I turned the radio down and I verbalized like, okay, I'm feeling anxious because I'm doing something new. Yes. This is something that like I don't normally do. I don't want people looking at me. Like I and with a new person like this is like more of like an like I just I'm not gonna get into it but like that's more of an intimate thing for me because I'm like was so insecure about my body and the way I was taking care of my body so I was like this is so embarrassing and then for the exact same reason I was like I am excited because I'm doing something new and I'm meeting a new person and I'm letting myself like like I'm letting this person that can (laughs) (laughs) I was like well this person that's like knows what they're talking about, knows how to educate me, can, like, educate me on how to steward this, like, insecurity that I have about my body. So it was really cool. I love this. That also, again, like, us women specifically, men are too, but Mm -hmm. us women are so in tune with our bodies, we need to recenter. Breathing or verbalizing things over us works so good because we just need to recenter. And it's connecting your brain to your heart neurologically, chemically, all of that. So you did it in such a good way. Some people do it best by breaking the cycle by moving, going for a run, going for a walk, sitting down cross-legged, sitting on the floor. Um, the The earth gives off actual electricity and so that's why people do grounding 
like out in the grass. Yeah. So I'll go out and just like sit or stand for like 15 minutes and get some vitamin D. Whatever yeah. will break the cycle but help you recenter yourself. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, again, it's cliche, but like switching trains of thought or switching horses mm-hmm. where you don't feel like this emotion is controlling me. But and would you say that's also biblical? Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of a verse. Like taking to... your thoughts captive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like <laughs> something like, like that. Like something like that. I was like, I can't think of a verse. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like, but there's so many things for each person mm-hmm. that I don't struggle with that they will have cues to help other people. That's why it's so beautiful to share your struggles. Because maybe we can say, I deal with that too, and what you're saying helps me. Like what my friend did the other day of like sharing that, like getting on a different horse. That really, that helped me because I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. But with other people, it's not going to help as much. And they could think it's just a, you know, a crock statement. Yeah. That's why it's so important to have people in your life who know your struggle and know what you're going through, who can help you. And who can relate so you don't feel crazy. Because half of half of the downward spiral is... Um, I'm alone in this. Yes, yeah. you're feeling alone. You're feeling disconnected from your body. So you're actually feeling disconnected from yourself, which makes you feel more alone. But whether I'm with people or not, I can have downward spirals. And um, yeah, it just helps to have like my go-to rhythms to break that and get myself centered again. I was having a really... Um, I'm not, I am a very deep feeler. I don't cry all the time. I can cry easily about stuff. Um, but I, uh, it doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take me a lot to cry, but it doesn't happen often, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, it was like on my Sabbath, I was having a great morning and I just got hit with this wave and I don't know where it came from. It wasn't from anything specific. But I just can't even describe it. And sometimes your body, when it knows you're healthy enough, this is the biggest thing to help reprocessing is when your body knows you're healthy enough to process something, it might surface heavier emotions because you have the space to. So don't see it as a negative attack or you're disconnected from yourself every time. Sometimes it's a deeper reconnection with yourself. So I was processing something that came out of nowhere and I started I started sobbing out of nowhere Mm -hmm. now that's a deep emotional release like I'm not normally if I'm crying it's a teary or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like it's a normal cry this was a sob and I had like snot and everything no I mean it it wasn't that bad oh okay then just me (laughs) (laughs) I mean like I have had those but this specific one wasn't like that I had one of those during COVID for sure but again, that was a emotional processing that came out of nowhere that was triggered by music. This one a few weeks ago was also triggered by music because I'm so deeply connected to music. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take time to step back um, to figure out like where it was coming from, if this was like a spiral or if this was a moment for me to step back into maybe some unprocessed memories and just sit with them. Because if you don't process stuff, it will sit with you until you do. <laughs> And that's not to be overly heavy. It's just to encourage people that when you have the time and space to process, it does so much. Like time doesn't actually heal things. Depth does. Mm -hmm. And taking the time to go deep and 
time heals it when you are prioritizing your health and processing. But the whole yeah. term like time heals all is wrong. I love that you said that. That's bothering me. <laughs> it is a misappropriation because grief stings less and less as time goes on because you have taken time to process it. Um, it's still like my counselor talked about this where he said, um, when you're first walking through grief, it's a big red ball and you're in a tiny white space and it is bouncing around and you can't get away from it. It's hitting you from every angle. It's every day. It's every second of the day. As time goes on and you are open to healing, the big red ball gets smaller and the room gets bigger. You're still there with it and there's still a chance that it can hit you every now and then. But that's not just because of time. That's because you've allowed time and depth and it's both and. So I'm not saying that time heals all is 100% wrong, but when you take the depth and the intentional processing out of it, it's not going to be healing. Yeah. Um, But before we go, what is one last thing that you want to leave with any listeners that are listening right now? Um, Start where you're at, like, um, and, and research anything that intrigues you. And it's okay if you don't agree with everything. Everyone's on their own journey and everyone, like <laughs> neuroscience, mindfulness, gratitude, breathing techniques, it's all different based on where you're at in life, your own struggles. And so what works for other people might not work for you, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't trying to start somewhere where you're at because it produces so much health and I'm a better person because of it and I will continue growing because I'm still a messed up person with a lot of room to grow and I'm excited to keep being a nerd about this stuff. So um, yeah, just start where you're at. Thank you guys so much for listening and taking the time to hear out Rachel's heart and all of her questions. Um, if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, you can at the Handle With Care podcast. You can find us obviously here on YouTube. Please subscribe and leave a nice, sweet, sweet comment. No hate comments. Nice comments only, please. Good vibes only. <laughs> Good, Good vibes, vibes only. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Music. And Rachel, where can we find you? Um, on Instagram at R Anderson, spelled with an S E N, because I'm Danish. <laughs> Randerson. Randerson. Rander. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, handle, handle with, with care. care.